0: are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Can I be real with you here on a Monday morning? The Sacramento Kings, without De'Aaron Fox and without Marvin Bagley, had absolutely no business to be in either of these games this weekend against the Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics, who are each the best team in their conference, the Boston Celtics yesterday came into their meeting with the Sacramento Kings with the best record in the NBA. The Kings had no business being in either of these games, but somehow they go one and one over the weekend and were one foul call away and seconds away from going two and zero oh against the two best teams in the NBA. Basketball's a funny sport, but what we do know for sure is that Luke Walton has the Sacramento Kings playing phenomenal defense, they're playing together, they're playing hard, they do not quit, and they are a team that still is on the rise, regardless of uh, our expectations not being met to begin this season. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Locked On Kings podcast. This is your daily hub for Sacramento Kings coverage, all regular season, all off-season, all year round, from January 1st all the way to December 31st, we have Kings coverage for you, which includes in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, all centered around your Sacramento Kings. My name is Matt George. I am your host here. I'm from Sports 1140 KHDK. That's the flagship radio station of the Kings in Sacramento. I work there as an on- host and a multimedia journalist and reporter, and I did not expect the Kings to go 1-1 and this weekend. I was fully expecting the Kings to go 0-2. All I was hoping for was that the Kings would put up good fights and put up good effort and would compete with both of these teams. Well, they definitely did that. A fantastic battle in LA. Unfortunately, the Kings fall short there, losing to the Lakers 99-97. Of course, we're going to talk about the controversy a little bit towards the end of the game, some uh, foul calls or lack thereof at the end that had Kings fans frustrated. And then on Sunday, a matinee game in uh, Sacramento against the Boston Celtics. The Kings beat the Celtics yesterday 100-99. The game came down to the wire yet again. A Marcus Smart game winner just hung on the rim and fell out to give the Kings their fifth win of the season. Believe it or not, Sacramento Kings, who started 0-5, and are now 5-7, and seven, and they're winning all these games in November without their best players. It's incredible uh, to think about, but they did have a shining star on Sunday in Buddy Heald. We'll talk about that more when we get to it here a little later on. But let's start with this Kings and Lakers game. Every time these two teams play, everybody in Sacramento pays attention because of the rivalry from the early 2000s and late 1990s that we know still stings much of This fan base, but it's always a good time when the Lakers and the Kings meet regardless of if, it, if it's in Sacramento or in the Staples Center in LA where this game was And the Kings. I gave the Lakers all they could handle despite the fact that they were taking on a very game Anthony Davis and LeBron James. We had a moment in this game where LeBron James had a nasty dunk on Nemanja Bielica. And Nemanja Bielica was put on a poster. Nemanja Bielica then trended all over the world for the wrong reasons uh, because LeBron James absolutely dunked on him. Here's what I have to say about being put on a poster, and I know a lot of players feel the same way. I know a lot of uh, fans feel the same way, and defensive-minded people feel the same way. I would rather my defender, my player, be put on a poster for playing defense and trying to contest a shot than to give LeBron James an open lane for an easy dunk that is two points regardless. I appreciate the fact that Nemanja Bialica at least tried to step in the lane and did put a hand up uh, to contest that LeBron James dunk that we all knew was going down no matter what. LeBron James is a freak athlete. He got a lane. Uh, He got as much momentum as he needed to throw that ball down with force like he did. And Nemanja Bialica just happened to be there. But I appreciate him being there rather than just stepping aside uh, and letting that play happen. So that's really all I have to say about that. Nemanja Bialica also had a couple of comments about it. Uh, in the uh, locker room yesterday after the win over the Celtics. And basically, he just said that, you know, he's he's putting that past him. There's plays made uh, all the time in the NBA, and he's not worrying about it and not thinking about it too much. So anybody that wants to make a big deal about being or players being put on a poster, that's fine. It's okay. I understand. Uh, but I'm I'm perfectly okay with Nemanja Bielica being dunked on if it means he was at least trying to play some defense. And that's what the Kings have been doing. They've been playing defense, and they've really bought in to this defensive mentality, controlling what they can control. And Luke Walton talked a lot about that and has talked a a lot about that so far this season. And that's controlling effort and energy on both ends of the floor. And they've been playing with effort and energy consistently here through the month of November, hence the reason why they are winning more games than they are losing right now. Unfortunately, lost this game to the Los Angeles Lakers, they didn't get an extremely fantastic performance from any one player, the Kings. They did get 21 points uh, at a Buddy Healed. Rashawn Holmes had 17 points, including a very nice dunk, also finished with 8 rebounds. Uh, you got 11 points from Nemanja Bialica, 18 points from Bogdan Bogdanovich off the bench, 14 pon- uh, points from Yogi Ferrell. The Kings as a team... Decent shooting numbers, 43% from the field, 41% from three-point range, only got to the line nine times, and this is where the controversy starts with this game, because we know about the officiating debacle in the early 2000s, and I understand many Kings fans aren't going to be able to completely get over that until the Kings actually win an NBA championship. So anytime the Kings and Lakers play, there's always a massive eye and massive focus on on the officiating and that was no different in this game as once again the Kings got to the line nine times. The Lakers got to the line 22 times including LeBron James getting to the line towards the very end of the game. A foul called against Harrison Barnes put LeBron James to the line with the game tied at 97. LeBron hit both free throws to put the Lakers up 99-97 with five seconds to go. Then On the other end of the floor, Kings call a timeout inbound to Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes finds a lane to the rim, appears to be tripped by LeBron James. No foul call. Goes right into the chest of Anthony Davis, who ends up blocking the shot, although there was significant contact between both players. Buzzer sounds. Kings lose 99-97. Now, watching that play over and over and over again, that specific play at the end of the game, I had the controversial take. Apparently it was controversial according to King's Twitter. I don't think it's that controversial. I think it was a clean play by uh, Anthony Davis. I have no problem with the no foul call there. The trip on LeBron James is another story. And the last two-minute report came out and the last two minute report said that the contact between James uh, and Harrison Barnes that tripped Barnes going to the rim was quote unquote incidental contact, meaning both players just bumped legs and Harrison Barnes happened to lose balance. Well, unfortunately, that had a lot to do with the reason why Harrison Barnes was not going to get the foul call uh, against Anthony Davis at the rim because Barnes at that point was stumbling his way to the rim, had to get a shot up quick to beat the buzzer, was out of control and went right into the chest of Anthony Davis, who had established position. Now, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. I know the rule book, and I understand uh, the rule of verticality, and that's what a lot of Kings fans had issue with, because not only was Anthony Davis in the restricted area, but his body was straight up, but his arms weren't. It was the epitome of a roof uh, in volleyball, right, where you put your hands not straight up to block the shot, but over the ball and over the player to block the shot. Because Anthony Davis had that position, because he got his hands up before the ball went up, and because Harrison Barnes was out of control, you're never, ever, ever going to get that foul call. I am 100% okay with the officials not blowing the whistle there. However, I do have a problem with the officials blowing the whistle against Harrison Barnes to send LeBron James to the line, and the last two-minute report confirmed my issue with that situation because they said that not only should that not have been a foul on Harrison Barnes, it actually should have been an offensive foul on LeBron James. So what would that have meant? That meant it would have been Kings ball with the game tied, a chance to win in Staples Center with five seconds or a little more than five seconds remaining. So... It is what it is. I know uh, people are not going to be able to get over that, and that's going to be a frustrating loss for a lot of Kings fans. It is what it is. Unfortunately, the Kings were not able to. To, uh, to get the officiating on their side and to win that game. They also made some mistakes themselves, shot themselves in the foot a couple of times. So I'm not 100% going to put the blame on officiating for that loss, but certainly a tough way to lose a very winnable game in L.A. Uh, against the Lakers, who at the time and still are at the top of the Western Conference. But once again, like I said in the intro... The Kings had no business being in that game in the first place, and I uh, gave the Lakers all that they could handle. Overall, as disappointed as I was that the Kings were not able to beat the Lakers and get that win, and I know as frustrated as Sacramento Kings fans were, uh, that once again it came down to some officiating controversy. I am more than proud of the effort from the Kings in that game. I was more than proud of the result, uh, and I, I, I was able to get over the loss relatively quickly uh, because I saw so much improvement from the Kings, so much to build upon, and it gave me a lot of confidence going into Sunday's game against the Boston Celtics. Matinee basketball is very strange. I'm sure the fans on the East Coast appreciated, although the New England Patriots were playing at the same time. But the Kings and Boston Celtics tipped off at 1230 in the afternoon inside the Golden 1 Center on a Sunday, but that did not stop Kings fans from showing up, although there were a lot of Boston Celtics fans in the Golden Center as well. It was a great crowd, a great basketball atmosphere, and I'm really proud of Sacramento uh, for showing up on that matinee day uh, to watch what ended up being a phenomenal basketball game between the Sacramento Kings, who coming into the game were 4-7, and seven, coming off of a very tough loss to the Lakers, who are still missing De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley. Against the best team in basketball, the Boston Celtics, who are 10-1 and on a 10-game win streak. The Kings were only two and a half point underdogs, and I made note of that coming in. Vegas seemed to have a feeling that the Kings were going to be competitive and were going to take this game down to the wire, although clearly Vegas didn't think that the Kings were actually going to win it. I didn't think the Kings were going to win it. I bet most Kings fans going into the building yesterday didn't think that the Kings were going to win that game, but lo and behold, they did. And once again, it's because of the defense. Luke Walton, Luke Walton said time and time again, and it frustrated Kings fans to no end during the 0-5 start. But Luke Walton said, we're working hard on the defensive end. We're focusing there. We're putting in the work every single day. The results just haven't uh, happened yet, but they're coming. Stay patient. He said that over and over and over again. And now we are seeing those results. With every passing day, things are getting sharper. Things are getting better. Kings are holding some of the best offensive and best teams period in the NBA to under 100 points in the NBA in 2019. That is very difficult to do. And the Kings held the Boston Celtics to 41% shooting from the field, 33% from three-point range, and in reality, the Celtics were in the high to mid-30s in their field goal percentage overall for a majority of this contest. I was very pleased. Very pleased with the defensive effort, uh, the rotation off the ball, the communication on the defensive end. And what we're seeing is five guys in Kings jerseys in the game all bought in. And all giving effort and energy and hustle on the defensive end of the floor. They look like they have completely um, succumbed or bought in to Luke Walton's system. And are more than willing to give the extra energy and to give the extra effort to do what he wants them to do. Even if it means that they can't get out and run and transition as much. Now the Kings, I thought, were doing an excellent job early getting out and running in this game, even though it wasn't necessarily translating to points. But defensively, they were forcing a boatload of turnovers. Now, the Boston Celtics finished with 15 total turnovers on the game, but 12 of those came in the first, I'd say, quarter and a half. Kings started out the game very strong defensively, forcing a lot of turnovers, a lot of steals, and they were getting out in transition. The Kings scored 19 points off of Boston's 15 total turnovers while allowing only 8 points off of their 12 turnovers. There's the defense or the difference in the game right there. Defense created offense for the Kings. That's why they were able to beat the best team in basketball, the Boston Celtics. But of course, let's talk about that final stretch. Boston takes at one point a a six-point lead. That was their largest lead of the game in the fourth quarter. You're starting to hear some moans and groans of, oh boy, here we go. Now the Boston Celtics, who are the better team, who are a championship-caliber team with star players, are really going to step on the gas here, flip that proverbial switch, create the separation, and shut the Kings down and, and get out of here with their 11th straight victory. Buddy Heald. Prevented that basically on his own, on the offensive end of the floor. He was phenomenal in this contest. Finished with 35 points. I think it's one point shy. Of his career high, but a season high, 35 points. He went 14 to 24 from the field, seven of 12 uh, from three point range. He absolutely delivered three straight huge buckets. One was a deep three over Marcus Smart. The other was a fading, uh, a fading away two pointer over Marcus Smart. That kept the Kings close, tied the game, gave the Kings a one point lead, brought the Kings to within one, uh, and then the Kings got the stops they needed. And how about Rashawn Holmes? How about Rashawn Holmes step into the free throw line after battling with Marcus Smart to try and secure a defensive rebound after uh, the Boston Celtics missed a shot around the rim. Rashawn Holmes is battling amongst multiple Celtics, grabs the ball, is fouled by Smart, goes to the other end of the floor, and nails two clutch free throws. Now, I'm not saying Rashawn Holmes is a bad free throw shooter, but that certainly is not what he is known for. But he steps to the line, calm and composed, nails both free throws to give the Kings the 100-99 advantage. The Boston Celtics had no timeouts. They immediately inbound the ball. There's five seconds remaining. Uh, They worked their way up the floor. Actually, a little more than five seconds. Worked their way up the floor. It looked like it was going to be Kemba Walker to take the final shot. And to that point, Kemba Walker had 15 points. Great defense on the perimeter by the Kings. Forces Walker to give the ball up to Marcus Smart, who gets a nice runner in the lane, and it just falls off of the iron. You know what? Forget my call of it. How about we hear the G-man Gary Gerald's call of this final play where the Kings beat the best team in the NBA. Ten seconds to go. The initiator is Kemba Walker. High screen and roll. Brings the dribble to the near side. Gets inside the yard. Goes to the baseline. Dumps it out to Smart. Smart drives. Teardrop runner for the lead. Off the iron. It falls out. The Sacramento Kings have a victory. 100-99 over the The Celtics, they end the Celtics' 10-game winning streak. They beat the team with the best record in the NBA by one. Boy, that ball seemed to hang on the rim for an eternity, didn't it? I thought at first it was going to go down, and then I I said after the game, give the assist to the uh, air conditioning inside the Golden 1 Center because that ball spun up there, hung up there, and then just fell out. Marcus Smart thought it was good, was very disappointed to see it drop, but the uh, Golden 1 Center erupted. Again, a great crowd out there for matinee basketball, and they were treated to a pretty significant upset as the Kings snapped the Boston Celtics' 10-game win streak. And again, and I'm going to say it over and over again, they did it without De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley. If I had told you, if I had told you on Friday that the Kings... We're going to go into the weekend and go one and one against the Los Angeles Lakers and Boston Celtics with a win over the Celtics and a chance to beat the Lakers, but ultimately lose by two in L.A., I think you would have done backflips. I think we all would have high-fived each other and done cartwheels with that knowledge going into this weekend. And it's games like this and performances like this that remind us that the Kings do have the talent and the ability to continue to trend towards a playoff appearance. Now, I'm not predicting it this year, so hold your horses there and and pump the brakes there. I'm not saying that the Kings are going to make the playoffs this year and that they should make the playoffs this year based off of a good weekend against the Lakers and the Boston Celtics. But when they provide effort like this, and when they have games like this consistently, and when we're starting to see the defensive consistency pick up more and more, it gives you hope and it gives you a reminder that this team is on the right track, and they've been on the right track uh, for the last couple of years or so. I found myself daydreaming during the game at, at a couple points, just wondering what it would be like and how sweet it would be for the Kings to, to continue to hit their stride like this with a healthy De'Aaron Fox and with a a healthy Marvin Bagley. Unfortunately, that's not the case. However, we are getting closer and closer. I would say we are within probably a week to a week and a half of Marvin Bagley's return uh, for the Sacramento Kings, which certainly will help. That'll, of course, uh, create some... um, question marks and some changes for Luke Walton and his rotation and his starting lineup and things like that. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. And that can be a conversation for another day here on the Locked on Kings podcast. But overall, if the Kings can still find a way, I mean, being five and seven to this point after starting 0 and 5 to win five of your last seven games against some pretty significant competition, including a successful two and one Eastern Conference road trip. If the Kings can find a way to continue to hover around two, three games under 500, or maybe even four games under 500 when De'Aaron Fox is back and healthy and Marvin Bagley comes back and healthy who knows what the race is going to be like in the Western Conference come the end of January and the beginning of February. If the Kings can make it to the all-star break and still be hovering around 500, we can see where they are in the standings. Hopefully everybody will be back and completely healthy by that time and if the Kings continue to play with this kind of effort on the defensive end, they can make some legitimate noise. Again, I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying that should be the goal. That should be the short-term goal for the Kings right now. It's just continue to do what you can do to win every single game. Stay as close to 500 as you can. And then once you get healthy, really try and make that next push. But Luke Walton said in his press conference after the game yesterday that this Kings team isn't just trying to survive. They're not just trying to tread water with Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox out. Of course, the Kings would rather have both of them playing and healthy uh, than not, but Luke Walton and this Kings team is approaching every single game like they want to win it, like they know that they can win it, and what I appreciate is Luke Walton once again talked about doing on a nightly basis what the Kings can control, and that's playing with energy and passion and effort and hustle on both ends of the floor not just on the offensive end. The Kings seemingly are getting more comfortable getting out in transition once once again, which you like to see, but the half-court offense is more established and more fluid, and the defense is starting to become something to pay attention to on a daily basis because the Kings now consistently are starting to hold teams to decent to low shooting percentage and under 100 points, which is something that the Sacramento Kings have not done for a long period of time. Use your basketball knowledge to prove you have what it takes at mybookie.ag where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA and mybookie will match 50% of your first deposit. Listening on the go? If you can't visit mybookie right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com offers. Should be a fun game on Tuesday with the Phoenix Suns coming into Sacramento for the second time these two teams meet. And so far in the second games against opponents that the Kings have lost to this season, the Kings are 2-0. They beat the Jazz. They beat the Blazers. Now, hopefully, they can beat the Phoenix Suns, who have been one of the great stories so far this season. Head coach Monte Williams has the Suns playing fantastic. They're playing good team basketball. Devin Booker is putting up MVP caliber numbers, is shooting the absolute lights out. Aaron Baines is a beast uh, as a starting center right now with DeAndre Ayton out. The Suns are a fun team young exciting team they're kind of doing in the NBA this year what the Kings did early last year so it'll be fun to see these two teams match up and I'm not predicting a win I'm not predicting a loss I'm not going to use the strong weekend that the Kings had it's a hot take my way through tomorrow's preview on the Locked on Kings podcast. I just want this Kings team to play basketball. And I, I talked to Jason Ross about this a little bit this morning before recording this podcast. At this point, with the way the Kings are playing, just take it one game at a time, get out there and play and control what you can control. It's a very winnable game against the Phoenix Suns here on Tuesday inside the Golden 1 Center. And that would make you 6-7 and seven on the season going back on another East Coast road trip, which would be huge considering how tough of a start it was. The Kings are back, man. They're battling, they're fighting, uh, and they're making the Kings fans proud again, and they're giving Kings fans more than enough to cheer about, and it's been a team effort. It hasn't been on the shoulders of one or two guys. It has been an absolute team effort. Luke Walton, as well as every single player on that Kings bench, is stepping up and showing that they belong in the conversation as one of the solid players, consistent, fun, young, and exciting teams in a very stacked Western Conference, and I am all here for it. Like I mentioned on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast, we'll be previewing this Kings and Suns game, so be sure to stay tuned for that. And, of course, I will be at the Golden 1 Center uh, tomorrow evening if you would like to come by and say hi. I would love to chat with you, and hopefully we are treated to another fantastic game of NBA basketball. Kings are fun to watch right now, man. We're having fun here on the Locked On Kings podcast. I appreciate all of you listening. I also appreciate the many uh, of you that recently have, have gone to uh, either the uh, Apple podcast page or the Google podcast page or uh, wherever you listen to this podcast. If you've left a review recently, I've seen them coming in a lot. Uh, I really appreciate that. If you haven't left a review already and you are able to do so, please do. That helps this podcast out a ton. If you want to reach out and discuss anything about Kings basketball, NBA basketball in general. I want to talk about what we talked about on today's podcast. Hey, maybe answer the question, what would you do with Marvin Bagley when he returns? Would you put him back in the starting lineup, bring him off the bench? Who are you moving to the bench? If you put Bagley back in the starting lineup, you let me know. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at MattGeorgeKHDK. Feel free to email me as well, localmedia.com. I can't wait to get in touch with you and chat with you more there. Until tomorrow, my name is Matt George. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Kings podcast part of the locked on podcast network you are locked on kings your daily sacramento kings podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day